St. John chapter number 20. If you have your Bibles with you, if you'll please turn there. St. John chapter number 20. I preached from these scriptures or part of these scriptures not too long ago. But I want to carry it out just a little farther. I, uh, I know a lot of times uh, pastors will try to preach on particular subjects for particular days. I try not to get into that habit. I try to preach on what God would want me to preach. Not just because it's a particular day. So if you come looking for a Father's Day message, you may not get one today. But uh, I hope the message will help you. I believe it's divinely ordered by God. And uh, (laughs) sweet spirit in this place, if you don't feel it, you need to get right and get in while it's good. Amen. St. John chapter 20, I'll begin reading with verse number 19. If you'll stand, please, for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for your message. And uh, we will try our best to preach as quickly as we can. You listen fast and we'll go home. Uh, But I feel like I get a little extra time today since we don't have service uh, tonight. And plus, I didn't see you all of last Sunday. Amen. So let's see. That's that's, uh, two hours and a half. Amen. So... I'm just kidding. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. Verse number 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst of them, saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Don't let that scare you today. Amen. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retained, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of his nails, put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within And Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. I like that. And stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. In other words, I believe Jesus just appeared in the room. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless. But believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. I've believed, I haven't seen him as a, as a, as a picture of himself as they did in the New Testament, but I have seen his work. And I do believe. And my faith is there. 
And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, my God, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That makes me more blessed than Thomas. Yeah. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Amen. I want to use this thought that came to me as we prayed this week, discerning what to give you today. Upper room Christians. Upper room Christians. Let us pray. Father in heaven, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, as we come to you, thanking you for the sweet moving of the precious Holy Ghost of God. We thank you, Lord, for what we felt here in your presence already. We thank you for business that's already been took care of around this altar of prayer. But Lord, as we come to you one more time on this side of heaven, Lord, we need a fresh loaf of bread and manna from heaven, God. Lord, I pray that you'll bless each and every one. I pray that you'll make our Christians stronger. And Lord, if there one be here that's lost and undone, doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin, God, I pray in the name of Jesus today. Lord, if you would, please, sir, convict their heart with the convicting power of the Holy Ghost that they may be saved before it's everlasting too late. And God, I pray and ask these things today in Jesus' name. We humbly ask, amen and amen. And thank you so much. You may be seated. I just want to look at Thomas just a little bit, and then we're going to look at this upper room experience that has taken place. What is actually happening here as the disciples have gathered into the upper room? And as they've gathered into the upper room, Thomas was absent on the first go around. And they told Thomas, they said, Thomas, Jesus has done appeared to us and you wasn't here. Where was you? What was you doing? And we need you to be here. And then the second time, a few days later, the Bible tells us Thomas was there when Jesus just appeared out of the thin air. Maybe he walked through some walls. I don't know. Maybe he just blinked himself into the room. I don't know. But all I know is there's a reason why the Bible says the doors were shut and Jesus appeared in the room. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I can get in the presence and the power of God and know that He appears every once in a while to give me help from this place called heaven. My friend Thomas missed some things, but Thomas was a powder from the very beginning as we read there in verse number 24. The Bible says, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And when they told him this, uh, he, Thomas began to doubt. And Thomas began to uh, doubt what they were saying. And Thomas began to pout a little bit because he wasn't there uh, when Jesus came walking by. But if you'll notice in verse number 28, the Bible says, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. So Thomas was not only a powder, and he was not only a doubter, but Thomas all of a sudden has become a shouter. Amen. And my friend, that's something that's missing in the church place today. You may not have nothing to worship over. You may not have nothing to shout about. But I'm here to tell you, I'm blessed beyond measure. You're blessed beyond measure. And God inhabits the praises of His people. And the Lord
Lord Himself appreciates uh, and desires uh, for you and I to praise the true and living God of heaven. Uh, Folks, I'm here to tell you, I don't know where we'd be today uh, if the Lord didn't come by and speak to us from time to time uh, and settle down uh, just like He did in the back back there in the fellowship hall yesterday uh, as we were preparing for vacation Bible school uh, and God settled Himself down in that place. Uh, There wasn't nobody running. There wasn't nobody shouting. uh, But tears began to flow like a river down the face of many people that were there. And I'm here to tell you, there's nothing like the presence and the power of God falling in a place. No matter if it's the church house, the fellowship hall, Bible school, or out in a cow pasture somewhere, it's great to know that I've got something that I can feel deep down inside of me. Amen. I'm glad that I know the God of heaven, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Well, what did Thomas miss in this upper room experience? Well, first of all, he missed the presence of God. There in verse number 19, the Bible says, Then the same day at evening, when the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be unto to you. That first time came along, uh, Thomas missed the presence of God, but he also missed the power of God. And there in verse number 19 as well, uh, when he stood amongst the disciples and said, peace be unto you. Listen, you can have the world today. Give me the power and the presence of God. You can have everything I've got today. And it might not amount to much, but I tell you what, give me the presence and power of God. And I I can live on the presence and power of God each and every day that I live. If we have to crawl to His presence, if we have to fight our way to His presence, and you will fight the enemy today. What do you mean, preacher? you got to understand the Scripture tells us, and it is true. We do not fight against flesh or blood. We fight against principalities and powers of darkness in high places. Those things that are being the devil. You might have had a cuss fight for you come to the house of God this morning uh, you might have had the biggest blow up and argument uh, well guess what uh, that one that you're wrestling with uh, might not be your spouse and is not your spouse uh, you're wrestling against the powers of wickedness uh, you're wrestling against the powers uh, of the devil uh, it's not God's plan for us to fuss and fight uh, it's God's plan for us to live together in unity it's God's plan to come together and live together in faithfulness uh, it's God's plan to work together for the cause of Christ. And I thank God today that I can serve in His presence and in His power. And if you can't get a hold of that this morning, it's not my fault. It's yours. And you need to grab a hold of it when He comes by and see how He'll bless you. Amen. I got two amens out of this big crowd this morning. Will somebody say amen? All right, that's a little bit better. I'm preaching good, but y'all sounding bad this morning. Y'all might have come expecting something else and God done throwed you a curveball. Amen. Listen, we can't miss the presence and the power of God. Because if you miss the presence and power of God, you'll also do like Thomas and miss the peace of God. Because he said, peace be unto you. I'm glad that I've got peace in my heart. 
How do I have peace in my heart? It's because of the power and presence of God that He keeps my family together, that He keeps my life together, and that He'll keep everything from going crazy. My friend, there's something about the peace of God that allows you to get in His presence and lay your head on your pillow at night and have sweet peace. I'm glad. Listen, I'm not here to tell you that I don't ever worry. And may I mention that it is a sin to worry. It is. It's a sin to worry. We should not worry. We should turn it over to God. Amen. Turn it over to God and leave it with God. Now, I'm not telling you I've not had sleepless nights because I've had. But I'm here to tell you for the majority, I've had peaceful nights of sleep. I can lay down my head at night and not worry about tomorrow. And there's no need to worry about it anyway because, listen, there's nothing we can do. But I hear, I'm here to tell you this. I can't help what goes on tomorrow. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. And no matter what comes our way. And no matter what the devil of this world may do to you, I'm here to tell Keep looking up. Keep trusting in the hand of God. And He'll bless you and continue to help you in life's journey and life's way. Thomas missed the presence. Thomas missed the power. Thomas missed the peace. But Thomas missed the praises of God. If you'll look in verse number 20, the Bible says, And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands in his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw him. It's okay to give three hoops for Jesus this morning because He is alive and well. I'm glad to know that I can stand and worship and praise without being embarrassed of my King and my Lord and my Savior. The problem with this world is this. The biggest problem, one of the greatest problems in the world today is this. Especially in the church atmosphere. There's many of people that want to be, want to have a Savior. And they want to be saved. They want a Savior. But they don't want a Lord in their life. What does that mean? Well, they want to be saved. And they want to go to heaven. But they want to get there on their own merit. And they don't want to follow the Word of God as their roadmap of life. In other words, if sin is is exposed into their life, uh, they'll get angry. Maybe not at God, but maybe get mad at the preacher because he exposed some things during the message. Folks, let me ask you this. Do you get mad at the mailman when he brings you a bill? Hmm? Some of you do. Y'all the exact ones that get mad at the preacher for preaching the truth. Yeah. Hey, what good is it going to do to get mad at the mailman when he ain't the one that wrote the bill? Amen. It's the same way with the Word of God. As we look through His Word today, folks, I'm here to tell you, I'm glad I sat under some gospel preaching. I'm glad I had some men of God that I sat up under that would tell me the truth. I'm glad that I had influence in my life without a father figure being in my life that told me what was right. And your husband told me many years ago, he said, boy, if you're going to do it and you're going to do it for Jesus, you're going to do it right or we ain't going to do it at all. And I thank God for that man telling me that each and every day because there was a reason why he done it. He knew, listen, the Lord knew that I needed that. You tell somebody that today, you come up, let's, let's just pretend that Harold's a new convert. 
And then I, say, I go up to Harold and I say, Brother Harold, you're halfway backslid on God. You need to straighten out your life. You need to quit shacking up with that woman. You need to quit drinking your beer and your liquor. Listen, you just messed up. You need to get back in the house of God, Harold. Oh, bless God, that preacher ain't going to tell me what to do. Now, everything that I just rolled off was sins of this world that can be seen in the Word of God that is completely God, not, not godly. It's godless. Godless. But see, instead of Harold getting angry with me, he needs to get angry with God. And he can take up his own battles. Amen. We need to understand and know this today. I'm glad that I can go to Him in praise knowing that I'm glad. But He also missed the promotion there in verse number 21. Look at the Scripture. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. Jesus Himself is sending out the disciples and Thomas was not there for His promotion. I would hate to know today that I missed something in the house of God because of something of this world. Right. Hello, yeah. Sunday morning crowd. Yeah. I'd hate to know that I missed some precious soul being saved. I'd hate to know that I missed a great move of the Spirit of God. And folks, God's blowed through this place this morning, whether you realize it or not. And sometimes He blows through here in such a way that I never get the opportunity to stand behind this podium. We just let God drive the ship. Amen. We just let Him do what He wants to do in being obedient unto Him. I thank God that I got a promotion when God called me to called me into the ministry. I got a promotion when God saved my soul and forgave me. God gave me a promotion as He called me as your pastor. And my friend, sometimes you may be here and you may miss something that's wonderful if you're not here. Amen. I believe it was Memorial Day weekend. A lot of folks were gone. Y'all won't believe what y'all missed. That Sunday night of service. The crowd was so small, we had everybody right here on this side of the church. Joe Floyd came running down the aisle shouting and a hooping and a hollering and he thought his, he thought he was on roller skates. But guess what? He had on them Jesus shoes. He thought he was going to slide down. I don't know what he was doing. Next thing I know, I'm up here and he's rolling in the floor. All the way up here. But everybody that came to church that that day got a free gift. Amen. And I bet y'all enjoyed that stuff too, didn't you? Amen. Y'all had it good. Amen. I told them, I said, there's going to be one service. It might be a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. I'm going to save up my money. And everybody that's here, I'm going to give them a $100 bill. We're going to videotape it and show it on... Oh, we ain't got no big screen. We're going to show it on somewhere. Amen. We're going to show it and let everybody know what they missed. I'm here to tell you, folks, don't miss the service. Don't miss the power of God. Don't miss the promotion. But don't miss the provisions. Again, there in verse number 22 and 23. Look at here, the Bible says, And when He had said this, He breathed on them. Can you imagine being breathed on by the Lord Jesus Himself? Yeah. I'm glad He still breathes on us. Yeah. But this was the man standing there in the upper room with those disciples, and He blew on them. 
And He provided them with the Holy Ghost. Folks, I'm here to tell you, once you're saved, you receive the Holy Ghost into your heart and your life. And my friend, it becomes evident in the way that you live. And it becomes evident by the way that it convicts your heart when you do wrong. If you don't feel conviction of doing wrong, you need, if you don't feel conviction of committing sin, you need to have a spiritual checkup today. Amen. Oh, we bless beyond measure just to have the opportunity. Now, that's my introduction. Let's get to the message. Amen. Let me say this today. The upper room Christian, uh, they were in the midst of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those disciples, those upper room men, all but Thomas the first time, Thomas was there the second. All of those were in His presence, experiencing His power and His blessing. Jesus was in the midst of them. He said unto them, you go out, you spread my word, you preach the gospel. And then the Bible says he breathed on them and they received the Holy Ghost. They was filled, in other words, with the Spirit of God. I just wonder, listen, there is a difference today, I do believe, of being filled with the Spirit and just having maybe hmm, the Holy Ghost on you. Right. In you and on you is the best way. Amen. Yeah. But how does that happen? Well, we've got to be filled. We've got to be filled. How do we become upper room Christians and to be filled? Well, first of all, there's got to be a time of salvation. In other words, there has to be an acceptance of the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. There has to be a time when you give your heart to the Lord Jesus. There has to be a time when you get come humbly before Him as He draws you and says, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. Save my poor wretched soul. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my wrongs. Forgive me of my sin. Lord, I want to go to heaven one day when I die. Folks, if you can't look at the news and this world around you and know that Jesus is coming soon, you need to take a check up on Bible prophecy and your spiritual life and understand and know that Jesus could come at any day. And when He does, the Bible says the trumpet's going to sound. And the Bible says that He's going to split the eastern sky. And there's going to be the voice of the archangel. And my friend, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we which are remain will be joined with them up in the air or caught up with them in the air. That's the rapture of the church. My friend, we are going to end our life here no matter what one day. Amen. Could be tomorrow. Just a few weeks ago. We lost a 24-year-old man that gave his heart to the Lord right here in this church at the age of 21. Yeah. It don't matter if you know how old or young you are. Amen. Death has no respecter of person. Right. Many people may live into their 90s, some into 100. Listen, you go into the graveyard and you begin to look at the tombstones around there and you just look and you see there's some that are infant age. There's some that are teenage age. There's some that are young adults, 20s, 30s, 40s, all the way up to, to over 100. Listen, there was a preacher, there was a preacher uh, just this past week, just this past week that uh, 
lost a grandbaby. Lost a grandbaby. It was full term. Full term. And the baby was born, stillborn. Pray for that family. They're very heartbroken. Heartbroken. The baby was full term, ready to be delivered. But did not make it outside of the womb. What a heartbreaking experience. Yeah. Of knowing that, that it should have been a time of rejoicing. Huh? So you don't know. You don't know if your life's going to end today. You don't know if Jesus is coming tomorrow or whether it may be 10 days from now. Right. We need to understand we've got to be ready to go either way. Amen. Yeah. We've got to be ready to go either way. We've got to have salvation before we can be filled. But before we can be filled this morning, we have to have starvation. Yeah. What does that mean? It's fairly simple. We have to starve ourselves of the things of this world. Yeah. There's so much junk in the lives of people. Listen, there's so much sin in the lives of people that does not need to be there. We have ungodly things that is inside of this vessel that God is going to be occupying. But my friend, we've got to get rid of the junk in our lives if we want God to fill us with His Spirit. If we want to shout in our step. If we want to worship Him in truth and in spirit and have the opportunity to do so. God God will not inhabit and share with dirty vessels. Why do families fall apart? Dirty vessels. Why are lives all torn apart? Dirty vessels. Dirty vessels. You see, uh, there's a battle that goes on. And it's a real battle. And it's a spiritual battle. Once you get saved, uh, there's a battle for Satan. He's trying to continue to pull you out of this world. And he begins to put filth in your mind. And he begins to put filth in your heart. Uh, and my friend, sin just begins to creep on you. Uh, and begins to eat you slowly. To all of a sudden you're thinking, uh, Oh, they won't know that I go in here. Uh, and I get on this computer. And I look at pornography. Uh, they'll never know. Uh, my spouse will never know. No, my husband will never know. Oh, but she sure is pretty. They'll never know that I've got that affair on the side. That's what you're thinking, honey. I'm here to tell you today. God Himself knows everything. We can't hide nothing from Him. And He keeps the best records that anybody can ever keep. We've got to starve ourselves, Brother Perry. We've got to starve ourselves of the things of this world. And sometimes that means removing ourselves from those influences. We've got to remove that sin. We've got to remove that to where God can come about and fill us up, my friend. And we've got to not only have salvation to be filled with the Spirit. We've got to have some starvation to be filled with the Spirit. But listen to this word. Don't let it scare you today. We've got to have... Some sanctification. Yeah. That's a Bible word. Right. Sanctification. What does that mean? Let me define it for you. Sanctification means this. Be separated from the world. Right. And separated unto God. The Bible still says, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. That's what the Lord said. That's not what Todd Black said. That's what the Lord said. Come out from among them and be ye separated. Sanctification. But not only that. I believe sanctification implies not only that we live separated. But it also implies 
that each and every day of our Christian walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, we should try our best to live closer and closer and holier as we can as we go on this journey. Amen. Because you know what the truth of the matter is today, church? If you're not as close to God today as you was yesterday, you backslid on Him and out of His will. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, uh, the closest that you can be with the Lord is once you get off of an altar of repentance, asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins and your shortcomings. Uh, and right then, you're close to God because you're a clean vessel. And He begins to infiltrate inside of you. Uh, my friend, I don't know about you today. I believe in a daily repentance. I know we've all come short of the glory of God and we've all sinned daily. But I thank God for the day uh, that Jesus saved me back January 3 of 93. Listen, I wasn't fit for nothing but dead, but God seen something in me that would save me and put me on the right track of where I needed to be, and that's where I want to stay. I want to try my best to stay in the center of God's will today. I want to try my best to live godly. Let me give you an illustration. Listen, New Springs not the only one that got church that says, I love my church on it. Out of all of the t-shirts we've ordered down through the years, this one has been the most effective. Everywhere we went yesterday, my wife and I had on our shirt. It says, I love my church. And it says, it's got a little heart right there. And it says, turning point. Yeah. Church. I said, hallelujah. They wasn't orange. They wasn't bright yellow. They were navy blue. And everywhere we walked, people were looking. Aaron, everywhere we went, people were looking at that shirt. We walked through Costco. We was picking up supplies for Bible school. And we turned around the corner, and there's one of those ladies with one of those hats on their head. You know, they're trying to give you food. Yeah. We tried to hit them all two or three times. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'll save you on your lunch. <laughs> why is it always that they want to give you the bad stuff? Yeah. It ain't never no good what they're trying to give you. That's why they're giving it away. Amen. We turned that corner and there that lady was and she's looking. And she looked at my wife. She said, what, is your church, what does your shirt say? She said, I love my church. Turning point. She said, well, that's sweet. She said, but you know what? I didn't have to know what was on your shirt to know that you two were Christians. Amen. That done something for me. Yeah. I didn't have to have on that church for them that shirt for us to know that we belong to God. Amen. Listen, I don't have a perfect life. I've got a blessed life. Right. I don't have everything I've always wanted in life, but God's blessed me. Amen. I have struggle, struggles. I have battles just like anybody else. Yeah. Someone told us the other day, they said, you and Miss Tina don't never fuss and fight, do you? Y'all always smiling. Y'all always looking happy. I was like, Lord, don't come by our house sometime. <laughs> Don't y'all laugh. Y'all the same way. Yeah. Acting like y'all all sanctified and got a perfect life at home. Yeah, right. Let's ask God about that. He knows the truth. Yeah. This is my challenge to you today. I want you to be an upper room Christian. Amen. I want you to be in a place to where you can feel the presence and power of God. You won't be ashamed to raise your hands toward heaven. 
and say, thank you, Lord. I've seen this dear lady here raise her hand for many years. I've known her. She's been in my life. I've been in hers for a long time, longer than I've been here. And that's 14 years. Been longer than that. She was there to see me saved. She's the godmother of my children. Yeah. And the other day I caught myself calling her granny and I didn't know if that was good or bad. <laughs> and the thing is this, folks. She's the same back in 93 when I got saved as she is in 2016. Right. Quiet and humble. Blessed by God. You'll see her raising them hands over toward heaven. Amen. Why is it? She's got salvation. Right. Somewhere along the line, there was some starvation. Got the world out. Yeah. And then there's been a process of sanctification as God continues to allow her to grow and to know more about Him. Yeah. That is my desire for each and every person in this sanctuary today. First of all, you got to get saved. Amen. Amen. You got to get saved. You got to receive Christ as your Savior. Second of all, maybe you've done done that. I don't know. But if you haven't, you can get saved today. Right. Second of all, maybe you have been saved and you just hadn't ridded your life completely of all the junk that's in it because there is a lot of junk in our lives today. Amen. God cannot have fellowship with darkness. God cannot feel a dirty vessel or he will not. He could, but he right. will not feel a dirty vessel. And then there needs to be a process of sanctification. Are you striving each and every day to be closer to God tomorrow than you are the day prior? I don't know about you, but I believe if we'll all strive to do that, you'll have a successful Christian walk. Yeah. You'll be walking around filled with the Holy Ghost and you just might shout every once in a while. Right. Where's Joe at when I need him this morning? He would have stood up and said glory or something. Yeah. Amen. There's nothing magical about it. It's about what God's done for you. Amen. And how God has done it for you. How do we get to that point? Salvation. Starvation. Sanctification. Yeah. You stand today as they get us a song of invitation. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I believe it's the desire of the God of heaven for you today to get on an altar of prayer and say, Lord, into me of myself and fill me with you. Lord, for when I walk in before others that have no idea of who I am, they know exactly who you belong to. Yeah. I belong to the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm a royal descendant of the king. I got adopted into the family and engrafted into the family of God. And I'm one of his. Do you know him today? Do you have the desire to be more like Jesus each and every day that you live? Do you have the desire 
to say, I want to live my life, empty myself, empty myself of self, and have the Lord reside in. To teach me to grow and to go forward for Him. That's the question. Do you have that desire? Where do you start? On an altar of prayer. This Father's Day here at Turning Point Church. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We pray you'd be with us, minister to us. God, help us, dear Lord, to do your will. And I'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You come as these are already praying. Just, God, take me. Since you talk with the Lord and told him your heart's in Amen. You see some of these praying, you come help them. It's okay. That's what this altar's for. Lord, empty me of myself. Fill me with you. Help me to grow in your love. Oh yeah, it's on time. God bless you, Lord. Lord, take me. Rid me of all sin, unrighteousness. Fill me with your love, your power, and your praise. He'll help you today. Can you go to heaven today if God calls your number? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is your Savior? If not, you ought to come. You ought to come and allow me to show you in God's Word how God can save you. When God resides in, you think different. You act different. You take care of things different than the way you used to. Can you call him your friend?